Welcome, welcome, welcome back again to the intersection of sports and pop culture. And now I can say with confidence, pop culture after our last episode. It's BG and the coach. I am the coach with me as just about always. It's BG. BG, what's happening? Can say it honestly now. Feels so good to say, coach, we told the world, we told our millions of listeners we weren't going on hiatus again. And here Mm -hmm. we are back again, hitting you with another episode. I'm excited to dive into it, and I'm particularly excited this episode because you were just telling me before we jumped on here about a bonkers soccer story. Bananas. I don't even know. There's so much detail here that we probably should turn this into a three-hour episode, but I'm going to give the quick rundown of the situation. This deals with soccer at the international level. The United States men's national team was recently in the World Cup. You may have, BG, I don't know if that came across your I've, radar at all. I've heard of that thing. Yeah, I know you were buried in the fall classic, but <laughs> oh, there was I am, a, coach, a big I'm, sporting event. I'm so impressed that you know what the fall classic is. I know, I was, I was very impressed with myself was, and very proud of myself. <laughs> I threw that out there. So the U.S. national team were at the World Cup recently, and one of their star players is... Like a, he's a prodigy, I would say. One of their brightest prospects. I think he's 19, 20 years old. He is the son of a former U.S. national team star player. His mom played soccer. He comes from a, a power family that's got this rich history. Again, the basic details here is that in a big surprise, he barely featured at all for the U.S. team during the World Cup. I mean, he was expected to have a sizable role, and no one really knew why. There were murmurs about injuries or other things, but there was no real clarity. Until after the World Cup was over, the head coach, whose name was Greg Berhalter, went to a conference and, in essence, told this conference a anecdote about a player, he did not name names, but talked about a player who came in with a terrible attitude and because of that, or partially because of that, didn't get to see the field. And it was abundantly clear he was talking about this player, this 20-year-old whose name is Gio Reyna. It turns out, here's where it starts getting absolutely bonkers, as you say, BG. Once Gio Reyna's parents, who again are soccer royalty in the country, as royal as someone can be when it comes to soccer in the United States. I even heard of his dad, for what that's worth. Oh, whoa. Granted, I thought he was still playing on the team, but uh, I had heard of him. So that was that was big. I was about to make a joke about some other old U.S. player and say that you probably think he's still playing. But I realized that throwing out a name would mean nothing to you nope. nor to our listeners. No. Okay, I'm going to pocket that one. Wayne Rooney? That's a guy, right? (laughs) Just kidding. I know he's British. Um, (laughs) Only thing would have been better. (laughs) I know he's Swedish. (laughs) I know. I know. Uh, There was was a moment as it came out of my mouth. I was like, what if he's Irish? I was like, no, no. Go with it. Be confident. You got this, BG. Oh, boy. You could have just said UK. Hedged a little bit. Oh, unless it's Northern Ireland. We're getting off track political discourse here if if we are getting off track can i make a quick side point you know what the one benefit of being a soccer fan is it's taught me more about geography than any k-12 through education (laughs) that's a great call that's a great because i feel like and we talked about this a little bit on our last episode there are so many different leagues in so Mm -hmm. many different geographic areas you must know everything when it comes to geography 
Yeah, even if you're just sticking at the international level to know every country in the world. Now, can I place them on a map? I'm not going to incriminate myself by answering <laughs> that. But I will tell you that I know their names. That's, that's listen, that's way. step one. That's impressive. The fact that you just threw out UK, I'm impressed. I know. That's where I was like, whoa, where did that come? Oh, <laughs> that's right, because I'm a soccer fan. Not because I actually have the bare minimum education. All right, back to Gio Reyna. Back to the drama. Now, when we last left our heroes, uh, there are no heroes in the story, I should mention. So, like, like in all soccer stories, but yes, continue. <laughs> yeah. Normally, there's yeah. always. <laughs> when it comes to FIFA, there is almost oh, always good guys who save the day. Bastion of Saints. <laughs> so, so, Gio Reyna, all right, the conference, right? Coach Greg Berhalter basically names him without naming him. Sorry, I got, I got to interrupt one more time because, correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like he just said the player because I'm getting the visual of him at this conference saying, listen, there was a guy, I'm not going to name names, but his name rhymes with Kiyoshmena. <laughs> like, was it as obvious as that or was there yeah. some subtlety? Yeah, no, it was, it was pretty blatant. And I think it's the only knock against the coach in this story as we spend the next 30 minutes unraveling that, <laughs> the basic story. <laughs> He made it pretty clear it could only have been one guy. And like immediately every news outlet picked up on it and they were like, it, it's Reyna, right? It, it's this kid. So he says it at the conference and Reyna's parents, this is this part's behind the scenes. No one knew this was going on. Were so infuriated with the fact that their son hadn't played at all, or he barely played, that they actually dug up an incident. And the only context you need to know about this is, and makes it sad, the Reyna family and the Burhalter family are actually lifelong friends over oh. three decades. Met in like the late 80s, early 90s, went to college together. The two wives were on the same college team. It, it runs deep. I mean, Burhalter has said that Gio Reyna is like a son to him because of how close they are. So this is where the story turns and just gets incredibly depressing. Burhalter in 1991, as a college student, uh, was dating his now wife of 25 years and was in an incident outside a bar where they were intoxicated and he kicked her in the leg. And he came out at the time and obviously it was a terrible thing, but it's his wife of 25 years, so they, they patched it up. But for whatever reason, the Reynas, who because they were there at the time and friends with them decided to bring that story <laughs> to the U.S. Soccer Federation and basically said, you need to investigate this guy in a, like, just a petty, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. It's, it's the petty act of the year, maybe the millennium, to try to get him fired. Well, and taking a blowtorch to your lifelong friends. Yeah, like, it, this is what's so sad. Like, it's not like they didn't know each other. It's easy to get petty. And take that torch to them. No, no, no. These were like, they were family in every sense, except biological, I guess. Yeah. So maybe not <laughs> yeah, so, Actually, not family at all, but really close. We need to just have a fact checker on the show, whether it's like statistics we throw out or just the words that we're using. They were family in every sense, except the main meaning of family. Uh, we've, we've toyed around, viewers or listeners. <laughs> there would be another one. 
um, with the idea of having a fact checker. Unfortunately, it would be more of the show than our actual discussion. So that's why we had to scrap <laughs> that one. It would just be an ombudsman, yeah. right? I just dropped ombudsman Ooh. on the show who Om- just takes up 80% of the show just telling us, nope, wrong, 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 inappropriate, wrong. Ombudsman and a UK reference from Coach. This is high I'm coming in hot on this episode. So I'm, I'm doing this all just to keep you engaged, BG, because I know I'm losing you with the soccer stuff. Yeah, this is but th- this is basically how it played out. So Burhalter came to the media and said, "There's someone who's trying to blackmail me with something that happened in my past," and he came out and said and told everyone what it was. At the time, again, no one knows yet that it's the Reynas providing that information. That news came out a few weeks later and was such a bombshell. Like it's the kind of conspiracy thing where you're like, oh, who would be doing this? Who's trying to blackmail the coach? Maybe it's the Reynas because he didn't play their son. Like, no, that's ridiculous. (laughs) Like we're talking about the highest level of the sport. This is not junior high. And yet it absolutely is exactly how it played out. It's the whole thing is so bonkers. And, and one of the things we were discussing, like you were just saying, the fact that we basically have soccer moms and insane mm-hmm. parents, not just on the middle school, little league level, but doing this at the highest level is crazy. But to your point about the conspiracy theories, I remember reading about this because the headlines on it were huge that the coach of the men's soccer team, and it came pretty soon after the World Cup, if I'm remembering correctly, that he was being investigated. Yeah. And I remember him coming out and saying, I'm a victim of mm-hmm. a conspiracy. Someone is out to get me. And I rolled my eyes and I was like, <laughs> okay, pal, that's almost as bad as taken out of context. <laughs> that's where uh, I was going to. <laughs> yeah, sure you are. Like, show us the, the picture of Bigfoot. And then it turns out he <laughs> is, and it's his best friend. Yeah. It's, it's bonkers. And like you said, it, the, the d- domestic violence incident, no matter how long ago it happened, mm-hmm. is horrible. That goes without saying. But yep. I feel like in terms of the fallout of this, I feel like the coach has handled himself about as well as he could have. Yeah, 100%. And you're spot on with your points. This is not to dismiss what happened all these years ago. It's the the point that this happened 30 years ago. This is not just some random woman. This became the wife of his for 25 years. They have kids, etc. Like to bring it up now. Well, and the, and the motive behind petty. it, right? And it, exactly. Because the motive isn't I want to protect right, my best exactly. friend who's married to him because I'm worried this is still happening or this person shouldn't be coaching. The, and, and that might be a valid argument. You know, should this person be coaching young men and molding them? If you want to say that, you know, we could, you can have that debate a different time. That, that's a fair point. But it's clear that that wasn't their motivation. Their motivation was you didn't play our son, so we're going to get back at you. And that's like straight from a bad scripted TV show. Mm-hmm crazy the whole thing is yeah. bonkers yeah just when you think soccer yeah so get that's any what, I'm, what i'm wondering about this story is it, it, again getting to the fact this is happening at the highest level i would expect this in elementary school with overbearing soccer moms and dads be through high school once you get to college at top programs you're talking about kids who are on their way to being professionals in many cases but you're not going to see that let alone at the actual highest levels of the game in this country which makes me think is this now going to become a precedent? Maybe this starts happening across all sports. Like LeBron's mom is like, mm, don't like that LeBron had to sit for two minutes of the game and just hires a couple of PIs on the coach and digs up some dirt. 
Well, if I can take it a bit further, and if there's anything we like doing here at BG Coach, <laughs> it's extending analogies to the workplace. I'm, I'm going to allow it. I'm trying to think about like if I messed up at work and my boss had some stern words for me about it, and then my dad got on the phone and gave my boss a call and said, hey, you're being a little rough with my son. If you could go and apologize to him, <laughs> I'd appreciate it. I'm sure you've got some skeletons in your closet. Like That would be insane. You're making me think of another angle on this. How weird is it going to be for Gio Reyna, the player, <laughs> to now come back? Again, he's playing with like grown men in their 20s and 30s. To come back and, assume, again, he's a prodigy. He's one of the most talented players in the country. He will be back in the team. How weird is that locker room going to be when he has to explain to everyone why his mommy and daddy stepped in yeah. <laughs> to try to get him more playing time? Yeah, it's almost unrecoverable, right? I mean, he's yeah. got to go back because you said he's a prodigy. Uh, from everything I mm-hmm. was reading during the World Cup, people were surprised as to why he wasn't playing. So he must be pretty good. But I don't, I don't know how you recover from that. Like the jokes are going to be merciless. Yeah, it's yeah. I this is the kind of case where it's like it, I would love to be a fly on the wall that first time he comes back <laughs> and rejoins the team. <laughs> like at a minimum, can I tell you this? And maybe this is the most important point of all. If you're going to be that overbearing soccer mom or dad, at a minimum, what the Reina should be doing is going into the locker room with him. And handing out orange slices. Oh, or at, That's um, the right thing to do. Or at least juice boxes. You hand I mean, me a juice box and the, I'm okay with whatever you want to say, do. That'd be totally fine. But yeah, if you're going to treat him like a middle schooler, then you should treat him go. like a middle schooler. Bring Capri Suns or don't even think of rejoining the team. That's what I have to tell them. <laughs> also, I hope they're going to stop by at some point with the change of clothes in case little Geo has an accident. <laughs> they... That's that, but that, like those are the kind of jokes. That's what's going to happen in the locker make, room. Right? Yeah, I like, think we're just these are direct quotes yeah. from what he's going to hear from <laughs> his teammates. He should probably just take our advice just so he can be prepared. Like these are the things that are going to happen when you go back to the team because this is bad. Also, yeah. I have a quick question for you, Coach. Mm-hmm. Do you think Greg Bernhalter, the coach of the soccer team, yeah, should have handled that conference differently? Because clearly, throwing anyone under the bus is not a good move. But he had to address at some point, why Gio Reyna didn't play, right? Because I don't even follow soccer all that well, and I knew that this was a story. Yeah, you're 100% right on that. And he did come out after all of this unraveled and said the one thing he regrets is making any comment at all at that conference. He should have kept it in-house. It was a mistake, even though he felt it was anonymous. Obviously, it wasn't. And the other thing he did is kind of muddled the initial messaging as to why Reyna wasn't playing. He said he was injured. Raina came uh, out two minutes late and said, no, I'm 100% healthy. <laughs> so there were some missteps on his part, but they just pale in comparison to the entitled, overbearing soccer parents that are the Reinas. That's one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen in sports. Well, I was going to say, I'm really proud that Gio Reyna was able to say for himself that he wasn't injured. I thought mom and dad were going to have to <laughs> come out and make a statement to say Gio Let me tell you something right now. Fine. You'll know if Gio Reyna is injured because he'll have the Bugs Bunny Band-Aid on his knee. If it's there, you'll know it. And, oh, God help the player who doesn't sign his cast because <laughs> if they've got any skeletons in their closet, it's going to be tracked down and released to the press. It is. Uh, Gio, you're welcome. Outside of maybe the Capri Sun <laughs> reference, word for yeah. word, 
this yeah. is what this you're is, facing. Yeah. In fact, if your teammates are listening, feel free to take our material. Maybe just <laughs> credit us, but feel free to run with it. I feel like we're giving you gold here. It'd be weird when they greet him in the locker room and they're reading off a piece of paper, <laughs> the printed off transcript of BG and the coach. Source. That one was BG. That one was coach. <laughs> just want to make sure you know who's who. Yeah, oh. It's just wild, man. Wild. Coach, I want to I wanna transition to a slightly less bonkers story, but one that I think is, uh, I want to get your, your take on, to get your sage advice on this, because the College Football National Championship has wrapped up. Another thrilling season of college football is over. Mm-hmm. And for anyone that watched knows, uh, it was a thrilling semifinal games in college football. Michigan played TCU, had a thrilling finish. Ohio State played Georgia and had a thrilling finish. Mm -hmm. And we thought we might get the same in the national championship game. And it was an absolute rout. I think Georgia was favored by something like 13 points. And we were wondering whether they were going to be able to cover. And they won, I think, by 59 points. So it was about as bad of a beatdown as you could see. And I had no rooting interest in the game whatsoever. But it got me wondering, if you know your team is going to get slaughtered that badly, would you rather your team not make the championship and lose that horribly? Or would you still say, no, I want the thrill of getting that far, even if it comes with the beatdown? Yeah, this is such an age-old debate. I think it's always the classic stance on this is if it's your team that makes it, you say like, oh, it would have been better if they were never there at all. And if it's never your team there, you say like, no, you idiots, like you don't appreciate <laughs> what you have. Like we would do anything to be there. I, I fall on the side of you want to be there. Like at the end of the day, you want to be there. Like you'll obviously if you don't win at all and you get crushed like that, it's awful. But the excitement leading up to that, like you still have that experience as opposed to just having nothing, no hope, no excitement. Like as a fan, I'm on but, the side of like, you want to be there even if you wind up getting crushed. Do you think it changes it that the calculus at all, that this was a historic beatdown? <laughs> like this, this, it's not like, oh, we lost by 15. Like, okay, not great. But this was historic. Like this, I, if, if Georgia hadn't started playing their second team, which scored a few touchdowns, uh, they would have put 80 on them. I mean, this was yeah. bad. And to me, it almost, it ruins the excitement of all the years forward until you win something. Because then, if they make it this far again, you're just going in with a sense of dread, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, here's the nuance on it. I think it's a case where if you are a top team across all sports, think Yankees, Cowboys, Lakers, etc., then you're falling into the camp of like, I'd rather not even have been there if it's going to be a historic beatdown because you can fall back on all that rich history Whereas if you are a TCU, yeah, like you're just thrilled to be there. Like it is such a long shot that you'd ever make it there. Even the most historic of beatdowns is like, thank you, sir. Can I have another? And yeah, and you had the ride, which which they yeah. should appreciate. Like you're right. Even getting to that point, I think, makes a big difference. I think that that's probably the the difference. But I this always makes me think of the Buffalo Bills Ugh. as the ultimate example for those not familiar. In the 90s, they went to four straight Super Bowls, (laughs) consecutive Super Bowls, and lost all four, which as a fan base, and I say this knowing that Buffalo has still today one of the best and most rabid fan bases, I don't know how you don't just walk away from sports completely somewhere between three and four. 
Oh, well, maybe that's the answer to our question, right? The fact that they still have such a rabid fan base. I don't know if it's a chicken or the egg kind of thing, but I wonder if going to four consecutive Super Bowls has kept that passion alive for them. But yeah, that would be about as bad a gut punch as it gets. And just statistically, you got to figure one of those that you're going to come out on top. Just do the math. Yeah, it's that's not, it's either that's the reason that they're still fans or it's that it's Buffalo and um gets pretty cold there. So you're really <laughs> going to want the football in your life come winter time. Although to be fair, I guess that does kill my whole theory because what else are they doing in the winter other than watching football? They're, I don't think they're going outside too much. So maybe that explains the rabid fan base, not the gut punch of four Super Bowl losses in a row. Well, let me tell you what's not a debate coach. And that's whether or not you should be listening to this podcast. Because... <laughs> I thought you were going to go rabid fan base on a transition. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could have. Okay. It was oh, a missed man. opportunity. Oh, missed man. opportunity. Well, it goes without saying we have the most rabid fan base in podcast <laughs> world. And they know because it's universally agreed you should be listening to BG and the coach. If you want to continue doing so, you can find us wherever you get your favorite podcast. And by your favorite podcast, I mean this one. Find us there. You can find us on the Twitter at BG and the coach. And until next time, and there will be a next time because we are back. Enjoy oh, yeah. a cold, nice scoop mm. of the greetings. 